This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. We're talking real money. Yeah, let's get real here on Talking Real Money. We really have some important stuff to talk about with you, for you, about you, about your money, about your life, about the markets, about who you can blame when when everything is going wrong, who you can blame. Give us a call if you want uh, If you want to blame people, you want to yell, you want to scream, you want to carry on, or you want to get answers to your questions, just give us a call at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. I'm Don. Over there is Tom. This is Talking Real Money. And we are going to start today by blaming someone for all of the woes of both the stock market and the crypto market. We are going to address the giant panda in the room as opposed to the giant elephant, the giant panda in the room, blame it on, no, not Canada, blame it on China. Or the president of China. I mean, China itself doing pretty well, but I think the president's really thrown uh, the markets into I'm sorry. Did we get blamed as a country for Donald Trump? You blame the country. (laughs) I see. Okay. Sorry. The country takes one. Yeah, China, 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 in the, uh, certainly in the news. Or as uh, the former president would have said, China. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with the Evergrande, is that how you pronounce it? Evergrande Real Estate. Yeah, Which giant corporation market into our markets into a tizzy last Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly made things look more difficult than China. The reason we want to bring up China is uh, the fact that uh, I found this shocking when I read this today. You know, there's about $43 billion that United States investors have invested in China, which doesn't sound like that much. That's wait, that's, that's a, a lot less than in crypto. Yeah, supposedly crypto people have like trillions I that today. Now. Yeah, it's like 13% of American investors have money in crypto, which sounds high to me. But So um, only $43 billion in China? Yeah, but here's the thing. That's up 44% from a year ago. Whoa. Almost 50%. And just in time... For the China index to lose about 30% this year. Let me see. Let me put all that money in. And But here's the bottom line is as follows for me. Uh, China is unquestionably an emerging market. And emerging markets are, by their very nature, riskier. Mm-hmm. The market is smaller. The market may have, you know, sort of governmental, fundamental Regulative. Yeah, yeah, stuff like I mean, yeah. it's... Mm-hmm. You've seen it in China, right? You can get away with murder there. Well, not murder, (laughs) but money murder. President just decided, well, we're not going to let you do this. We're going to take this away. Yeah, they're calling it regulatory, but others are calling it a reshaping of uh, Chinese society by the guy at the top. But I still think you should own emerging markets because they do include other places, right? Brazil, Russia, India that are developing countries. Remember... Wait, we were a developing wait, country wait. at one point, too. We looked at emerging markets in Russia. Come on. There's not yeah, much. There are very few. Small. I think there's like a vodka company. 
left in Russia. Oh, oil, yeah, oil, and vodka. oil yeah, and vodka, oil and vodka, gas, Brom or whatever it is, the uh, Russian. Mm-hmm. But yeah, people have a tendency to think it's all or nothing. I think that's incorrect. People also have a tendency to look at what's happened lately and think, well, I don't want to have any of my money there because, wow, look what's happened. Still, when you look at the global markets, emerging markets make up about 10% of the market capitalization, right? The value of companies. So I'm still going to say allocate that. By the way, if you do it that way, you end up with about 3 or 4% in China. Interestingly enough, the Vanguard total stock market ETF, you end up with an overweighting to China. I, I, I was why, why shocked. I was shocked because I, I really never imagined that the Vanguard total world, but remember, it is the total world index. So it does exactly. have a, 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 a market correct allocation to or close to China. It's a little bit over what China's percentage of the global GDP is, but shockingly, it's uh, closer to, it's like just under 4%. But remember, even if the Chinese market, all the stocks that, that Vanguard owns in the Chinese market were to decline by 50%, 50%, your portfolio would lose less than 2%. Like one and a half or a little, yeah. little 1.7 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So Not the end of the yeah, world. Yeah, I think you should own it. I think there's still opportunity there. But uh, the bottom line is we don't know about the near future we certainly don't know anything about longer term future either china could you know fold up and take itself off the world stage entirely i think that's unlikely oh no but what, come on what you shouldn't be doing is making a bigger bet on any place whether it's the united states whether it's china japan germany whatever that's what people were doing and that is a mistake and crypto people can also blame china for your woes bitcoin now down below forty two thousand dollars because china essentially banned cryptocurrencies too blame it on china 855-935-TALK is our number give us a call Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And to the guy responsible for swelling Tom's comedic head a little bit by telling him that he's funnier than I am, uh, sir, yes. you're just projecting your bad joke <laughs> humor on Tom. So, you know, you kind of know bad jokes when you see them. I'm I'm going to sure. bring him in here next you're gonna time. Bring bring him him put him on the mic. I'm stand right here. And, and he'll probably tell bad dad jokes. And I'll be going, <laughs> I'm trying so see? hard to laugh. I'm right. Bad see? dad joke guy. Mm, 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number. 855-935-8255. You can call us with your money issues or your bad dad or mom jokes. We don't discriminate. <laughs> Now, now, it is phone call time for all of you. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next caller, Omar. Hello, Omar. Hey, Omar. Hi. Yeah, I just had a question concerning uh, IRAs, particularly Roth IRAs. I have a, uh, I guess you could call her a grandniece or a great niece because she is the granddaughter of my brother. Uh, who sounds like an excellent candidate for getting started on something like this because she's uh, very mature for her age. Um, she's a senior in high school. Okay, good. And um, I was wondering, 
Uh, at what age can someone in Washington State have an IRA, a Roth IRA in particular? Well, you can have a custodial Roth as soon as anyone has income. Mm-hmm. There's no age there at all. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, no, okay. if she had W-2 or 1099 income, it could be as early as like two you know, well, but you can't work for somebody oh, okay. unless it's a family, unless it's a family, family business, business, right? Yes, yeah. Which we have seen, although sometimes, in our household. but performers, but there's ways around that. So, oh, that's true. You know. Okay, but not many. Not it's many. a fair. But you're right. As soon as they have earned income, they will have a custodial Roth IRA, which my daughter already has. Proud to say, and has for several years because they've been putting her to work since she was like uh, three or four days old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They dragged her yeah, to the well, pizza cooks and just said, job. "You can say nice. You can you can you can look at the baby if you buy a pizza and laugh at dad's jokes." Yeah, she, yeah she's got a job and she's uh, saving, putting everything towards college. She's got very specific goals of what she Good. wants to go for when she gets through uh, through high school, and so she's very focused, very uh, goal driven, and so I figure. I can help her get started with this, um, with this, with this Roth. It's a great and, uh, gift. It's a so great, none, great gift. You'll you'll be gone, but she'll be singing your praises yeah. in fifty years. <laughs> you want to be remembered. So then it would be. Yeah. So then it would be a custodial IRA, maybe myself. With now, what about at what age would she be? Would it would I cease to be the custodian then? Age of majority. I believe it's yeah, age a- of majority. Eighteen, probably. Hmm. In Washington, I think it's eighteen in Washington. Okay, yeah, pretty sure. I don't look that up off my head, but yeah, but whatever the age, then then simply the account, your name will come off of that and it'll just be her Roth IRA. No tax consequence to that, but the uh, the oh, name uh, at the top would be different. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's kind of interesting. Age of majority in Washington is eighteen, but for a custodial account, it's twenty one. Yes, it's twenty one. So, Okay, so then would I be having to file on my tax return that nope. I have this custodial account? There, if you're doing a Roth, there's no filing of anything. Okay, good, good. So then I can just get it opened, yep. be the custodian, and then put the money in there for her. Then at 21, she gets to take it over. Yep, good. just make sure you never put in more than she earned in a year. So if she earns, Absolutely. if she only earns four hundred dollars in a year, and you put five in, then she's overfunded it, and she's going to get penalized. And can, if I can add one thing, I would yeah. keep good records of that. I'd yeah. have those records. Some we've done that uh, with my daughter's account. Somewhere in fifty years, somebody says, "Wait a minute, did you make money when you were twelve years?" Yes, I did. And here's the record of that income. So, absolutely. Uh, but okay. Omar, you're a great person, and uh, I think that's fantastic of you to think of your extended family to help get them started her pardon me on the right track thanks for the call she is the yeah yeah, thank you and and you know what though she's the perfect candidate if you're going to fund a roth ira for a kid it might be wise to make sure that they're already responsible because once they don't tell them about it or don't tell well but see eventually they got to know because it's got to be played in their name yeah um but um yeah, you, when you have we're a coming in. By the way, here's it's a great. We're coming into the season of giving, right? We are. Yes, uh, we are. Uh, how, oh, yeah, candy bars and stuff. Halloween. Yeah, candy. Yeah. Yeah, forget that. But and there's already issues about the supply chain not having the gifts that you want for people. So here's an opportunity. There's a there's candy shortage. 
There's a there's one oh. gift that I know you can always give, and that is put money in someone's Roth IRA or put somebody's money in somebody's five twenty nine if they're a young person thinking about higher education. Those supply chains remain open. Unless, of course, the brokerage firms have a hard well, time hiring people or there's a chip shortage. Is Could that what happen? you're going to you're you're put money in in chips? I'm going to put it, it in happen. dollars, but I'll well, let you do Well, I, I, you know, it's funny. Fine. I just this just just about um, about a week ago uh, added money to the uh, DFA Emerging Markets Core oh, ETF. Good timing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. That was really good. It was like, uh, I think it was like $28 a share when I got in and. And then by the middle of the week, it was like down to 26. (laughs) Keep buying would be my my suggestion. My timing is a lot like your timing, folks. It's not good. And you know, if that makes you feel bad, then you should know that we also use the Emerging Markets Value Fund, as I like to describe it, crummy companies in lousy countries. Crummy companies. No, pardon me. El risky com- risky countries. Not lousy. That's that's a little strong. Risky countries because emerging markets are by their very nature risky. You got to be careful, you know, with your. Uh, I know. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. I, I I'd like to pull that back. Edit that out of the podcast, would you? Please? But what what are the largest emerging markets out there? Let's see. China. Yeah. Uh, Korea. South. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's north, a safe north. place. Uh, let's see. Who else would be in the top list? You know, but we found out it wasn't Brazil. Russia. It wasn't Russia. Yeah, Russia has less than 1% of the Brazil, world's market cap. India. Yeah. Taiwan. Uh-huh. Oh, Taiwan's a huge yeah, one. Yeah, Taiwan's big. Taiwan that's right. is a yeah. huge one. But there's another place that where the rules could change very quickly without you, much notice. You mean when uh, <laughs> a bunch of boats yeah. head across the Taiwan yeah. Strait? It would take about 10 minutes to fix that up. So... Yeah, those are risky places, and uh, that's why they should only be a small part of your portfolio. What I was trying to say was the people that have piled all that money in recently because they thought, you know, China's been good, whatever reason, or they thought the future looked exceedingly bright, they looked exceedingly wrong, at least in the short haul, but that should be exposure you have always. Which really goes to the basic message that we try to share every episode of the show, every episode of the podcast. And that is stop trying to pick the right place to be at the right time. You are destined to fail and you'll fail more times than you will succeed unless you're just exceedingly lucky. And luck is not an investment strategy as Tom learned when he went to Vegas. He thought he had it down. I'm. I, by the way, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get my money back. I've figured out a new strategy. I know this one's going to work. Count on it. Well, I can. I can pretty much guarantee that you stand a better chance of making it back if you don't have an airline fare to go along with the cost of the gambling. Just go to Muckle Shoot or something. You'll be. You'll, that's in the Washington State area. There. Eight five five nine three five talk. Want a free copy of my book, Financial Physics? Well, go download it right now at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. You want more of it? You need a plan. You want to enjoy a really comfortable future? You need a plan. You need a plan. That's why we're here, to try to help you plan properly and make the money you need to enjoy life to its fullest in the future. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. And Jeanette, you are up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, hello. Hey, Jeanette. 
need a you need a better cell phone connection. <laughs> uh, try T-Mobile or oh, hello. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, this isn't working, Jean- Jeanette. I'm so sorry. We're only getting about every fifth syllable, and 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 I am just not smart enough to decode so just semi-syllabic conversation. Uh, can you call us back, please? Okay. That would really be awesome because we just you got a bad cell somewhere, and often if you just get off and dial again, you'll get connected to a better cell. It's uh, you know it's the, kind of the luck of the digital draw. But I didn't. I heard. Nothing. Yeah, I heard about one. Out of, it's it, like it, home, uh, where it, people it, hear uh, one uh, out of three words. Uh, I say, and well, no, wait, the, wait, one wait, of the wait, three wait, the wait, important wait. Ones. There is a really good reason for that. Is because they don't only listen one, well? one out of three is probably all that we get that's of value. <laughs> <laughs> the other two, it's just whatever. Your, it's your lips flapping. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's me too. Nobody pays any attention. <laughs> Nothing important yeah. coming out of my mouth except uh. for the few minutes I do this show. That's All the only right, well, time important stuff comes out, and even then, we talk about giant pandas sometimes. It we do. Nothing. And remember the beginning of last week? Do you remember last Monday? Yeah. There were two people kinda. that called me on Monday evening. Two people. Yeah. And they were worried about what? Cryptocurrency. stock market. Oh, no. <laughs> the stock market. Our okay. people aren't that young. Ah, uh, they were worried about the stock market because the market had taken the huge tumble on Monday. Did it really? Was it Monday? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was, was right. It was Monday. Oh, oh. That it, yeah, it took the big dip. Yeah. And because we had those comments and others, we went ahead and did a podcast, I think, on Wednesday about it or something or two, whatever day it was. Yeah, Wednesday. 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 Because yeah. Monday and Tuesday were both bad days. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Then you- Wednesday. Yeah. It got better. And Thursday? A lot better. Well, it didn't move well, much a little Thursday, better. but then yesterday, whoa. A better, yeah. Yeah, so I just thought I'd look today just out of curiosity to see where a globally diversified all-stock portfolio is year-to-date. And now we've almost completed three well, quarters now of the year. Well, define this globally diversified. This is, you know, owning stocks all over the place. You get about 13,000 equities, so okay. it's not just the S&P 500. Got it. But if you just bought and held that from the beginning of the year, you've made... No drum roll, please. 20%. That's but most right. people don't have it all in stock. I get that. So if mm-hmm. you're in a more of a balanced type of approach, 60% in stocks, 40% in the less risky things called bonds, you're up about 11.8% year to date. So it's been a pretty good year despite all the now, angst. Bear in mind, the portfolios about which we speak tend to be a little bit overweighted to small and value, which have had a very nice run. When you look at a fund that is just pretty smooth across the board globally, uh, the um, the one-year total return is about 30, and the year-to-date is about 15. And that's Vanguard yeah, I mean, Total World Stock Index, VT. The U.S. small cap value as a sector, as an yeah. as a yeah, asset class. Yeah, it did class, really well. It's up almost 30% year-to-date, 29. Year-to-date. Crazy. That's so. just nine months. So, Eight by months. the way, if we got, if we could just hold this till the end of the year, <laughs> it'd be a good year. That's I know people uh, have you know, and there like, you oh, go. Make more money. Oh, there no, is no. the just ultimate point. No. You have, if you have been invested in stocks throughout the past twelve months, you have had an extraordinary return. So you should, let's say, the market declined. By half of what you've already earned this year, yeah. you still have had an exceptional year. Even if you give up half of what you've already made, 
The market just tanks. You give up half hard of what you already made. Hard to accept that. Very hard to accept that because let's just, I just want it to keep going up the way it's gone up. Keep, keep, keep going up. But for it to do that is literally impossible. The markets can't sustain this kind of pace. It's an up and down. It's an, it's back and forth. It's a pendular motion and you have to live with that and accept the averages and the averages. I'm looking at the 10 year return for the Vanguard total world uh, fund and it's like 10%. That's what you should expect, not the 30 or whatever it is. 855-935-TALK. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. We're talking real money. And the show continues. It goes on and on and on. It goes on as more than a show eventually. Yes, it continues as a podcast on your favorite Not just any podcast, podcast service. No, I mean, we're, we're popular. We People are, are rocking and rolling up the charts. We had yeah. uh, last week almost every single, well, actually on average, every single day, Monday through Friday, we had uh, more than 5,000 downloads a day of the podcast. I read yesterday on TMZ that Donny Osmond, very worried that we're nip and tuck with him now on the top podcast. So it's Yeah, no, he's not even in our tough. category. Do you know oh, who's number okay. one in our category, which is business, by the way? Well, uh, actually, Jim business Kramer. investing. No. <laughs> Yeah, no. No? Dave okay. Ramsey. All right. Well, Jim Cramer's in the top 10. He is up there. Yes, he yeah. is. Oh, yeah, and yes. and so is Rich Dad, Kiyosaki dude. You know, that does surprise me a bit. He just has a very core following because he's not on the radio. I mean, the other guys have other medium, right? They've yeah. got the radio or TV or whatever to bring people over. He doesn't have that. He has his books, which he's yeah. been writing for 25 years. Filled with don't like terrible advice. Yeah, well, and what is the advice? Just so I know, kind of it's really bu- hard to pin get into down. business. Basically, yeah, right, buy some okay. real estate. Yeah, don't just put it in the market because right. it hasn't made enough. Well, right. it kind of has, by the way, if you did it right for a long period of time. But would you have made more if you, you know, started Apple? Sure, yeah. you'd have made more. It turns out, <laughs> yes. Or if but, you're an but, early but, investor but, in Netflix, yeah, it would have worked out better. Okay, but. If I started a blood testing company with a, oh, I would, I've been the new one. I, the, there's another one on HBO. I just started watching it about Elizabeth Holmes. One. About yeah, no, there's Theranos. another one now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, they got George Schultz's uh, grandson on there. Wow, so, it's know, quite a story. Not, not so all, yeah, that not, one didn't. Well, not no, that's all not people true. in black mock tees yeah. ended mm, up doing yeah. well. I'm not. I'm not trying to look like Steve Jobs, Tom. I'm just. This is just the way I dress. That's her voice, which is lower than mine. Which is, <laughs> it, not, it is. Her voice is not her that voice. low. It's lower than my voice. All right. It's scary. So, okay. So the bottom, by the way, you can say she didn't make money, but at one time the company was worth, do you know this? I was How a, much it was a, worth? A billion. Nine yeah, billion. Yeah, billions and billions. So, anyway, it's worth watching. Well, give us a call if you have a question about how you can become a multi-billionaire. We'll tell you the honest-to-goodness truth you can't. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. Oh, wait, you could lie, cheat, and steal. Sometimes that works. a guy named Jeff says he's got an internet thing. He's on line three. Jeff, congratulations on that. And uh, and 
Can we have yeah. your account? Uh, we'll manage your money for you. No, he mm-hmm. he makes. Are you kidding? He he's in that 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 range where you know anything you do turns to gold when you're that done rich. pretty well. Yeah. All right. Um, 855-935-TALK is our phone number for your questions. Also, though, people send them to us. They type them up, actually type them instead of speaking them on the phone, which is really baffling, but we allow it. Send them in at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. We allow it. No no penalty, no fine. Uh, no cost, no obligation. And I got a question for us yeah. here. Um, okay. And this is actually a really good one. Mm-hmm. I like this. Not question. 750 words this time? No, it's short. Okay. A friend is recommending always getting out of the market by September. He was less than clear about when to get back in. (laughs) November? December? Really? The idea being Mm, that the market always goes down in September. Mm -hmm. How does this idea hold up historically? By the way, uh, just for the record... I'm checking here. I think today, and if you're listening to the podcast a couple of days later, but today is the 25th of September. So if you're planning on using the strategy for the year 2021, you're running a little late. Uh, Don's going to give you the exact numbers. No, actually, yeah, I wasn't. I was, a, oh. I was trying to find Mark Twain's quote. Only buy the stocks that go no, up? No, no, Um It's uh, okay. Mark Twain, here it is. Oh, thank goodness I found it. Um, October. He thinks it's October. He says, October, this is one of the peculiarly dangerous months to speculate in stocks. This is from Mark Twain. Mm. The others are July, January, <laughs> September, April, November, May, March, June, <laughs> December, August, and, oh, February. Oh, yeah, don't forget yeah. February. We'll talk more about this in a minute because it's really silly. And Mark Twain, I mean, that long ago said it was silly. 855-935-TALK. Give us a call. Tom and Don are talking real money. Set your course for a great future with a free copy of our 60-page Better Retirement Guidebook at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Hi. <laughs> Do you have a question? A comment, an idea about money. Are you are you dealing with someone who's trying to sell you a financial product and you're just not sure if it's the right thing for you, even though they're so nice? Well, give us a call here on Talking Real Money at 855-935-TALK. I'm Don McDonald. That's Tom Cock. And we're talking about September. Try to remember. I knew that was coming, but I, I prefer the... Uh, the uh, is there another September song? song? September. There is. Oh. Uh, I bet it's from the seventies. Uh, you'd be correct there. <laughs> I don't. Do Earth, know. wind, and fire did a song named September. Yeah, I don't know that song. Come on, yes, you do. No, I know the fantastic. I'm not going to hum it. I know the yeah, fantastics because I've been in it several times, so I know all the music. Try to remember. Yes, I know that one. Everybody yeah. knows that one. I, I even know. People. I even know. Uh, plant a radish. Plant a radish. <laughs> get a radish. This Never is what happens when you doubt. That's why I call. love vegetables. Uh, that's from there. I know yeah. all the songs okay. from the Fantastics. Um, anyway, September. By the way, yes. September has historically been the worst month 
of the year. It has. You're right. The average decline of the S&P 500. 1.2%. You are so off. You are so okay. off. You are way 1%. off. 1. You are 1. so way off. You are way off. Way off. Yeah. You're up by a factor of 10. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. It down 0.1. Yeah. That's the average return for September. Okay. Now, come on. 0.1. So you saved yourself. <laughs> point Wait one? a minute. One-tenth of 1%? Actually, this year was a little worse than average. Oh, with the Vanguard. It's not over yet, by the VT, way. VT has been down the past 30 days. 0.3%. We have four trading days. We could turn that around. We could. We could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But would you? Why? Why, Tom? Why would you bother? Well, you wouldn't bother. Right. Number one, you'd have to know. I guess if you said, okay, I'm going to have a system that's going to sell everything at the end of August and buy it again the 1st of October. That would eliminate some, like, oh, how I feel about things. You could have a discipline. But number two, you would have capital gains that you'd have to account for if you sold things after they'd gone up, right? That's no. And then you'd have the cost of all this. You'd have to sell stuff pay the commission, whatever it is, buy stuff. So there, it really makes no sense to do that. I really honestly thought it was a much bigger loss. Yeah. And I mean, if, one-tenth of one if you want to talk yourself into playing these kind of games, then you run into another problem. Let's say you, I I am going to sell on August 31st or the closest weekday, trading day before September, and I'm going to go, buy back on the first trading day of October. Well, think about that again because – which month is the worst month for stock market crashes? October. October. Sure. There you go. Yeah. So now so you're you might just until jump right back November. in November. Yeah. Okay. But has it has the stock market ever gone down in November? Yeah. Yeah, it has. Sometimes. Yeah. No. There, this this is, is a a bad market timing move. I think the real the the more everybody's looking considered for a one is sell in May and go away. Okay, and that that that's, that's actually you know. kind of based in 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 reason, a little bit of reason, because it it, it it's mainly geared toward traders. Everybody it's, goes to the Hamptons right, for the summer, right? And, right. All but those today stuff, they but that doesn't happen anymore. Well, they can sit at their their dock at the Hamptons and trade whatever they like. So absolutely, absolutely. Give us a call, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. So hopefully we've burst that rule of thumb that bubble connie you're up next welcome to talking real money try to remember yes good hi connie i have a question about being diversified and and my original goal was 60 percent stocks and 40 percent bonds but i haven't changed anything over the past recent years and so now i'm at 82 percent stocks and about 18% bonds, but I I don't want to sell the things that I have, which are, uh, well. Uh, can I, can I comment? Can Let me comment real quickly. This is yes. the biggest problem we okay, see. Okay, but wait, we didn't hear the why. Why don't well, you want to sell I, anything? I hold on, I know why. She, she doesn't want to sell anything because she loves her winners. Mm, she I doesn't want to sell her winners, right? You're right. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't want to sell her ah, winners. This is okay. the this is the psychology of investing that trips us all. All not you're not you, just you, Connie. Almost all of us up, and this is why I have come to the conclusion 
that most investors are incapable of properly managing their own portfolio because to maintain the risk profile of the portfolio, one must rebalance. Well, and, and if you sold some of the 82 to get back to 60, you'd still hold a lot of those securities. You just hold them in a smaller percentage, correct? I guess, yes. But then how do I diversify? I feel like I'm kind of diversified. Yeah, you're not as diversified as you were before, though, Connie, because before you had 40% of your portfolio well, in fixed income. And the reality is the reason we do this, and, and, and I think maybe this will help, the reason we do this is because what if this October is another month where we have one of the biggest crashes of all time and you are still sitting at 80 plus percent in stocks and the value of your stock portfolio declines so dramatically that you lose about half of it? If you had it in bonds, if you had taken some of your – this is like uh, – uh, a, a professional gambler will take some of their winnings off the table. A, a real investor should, from time to time, take some of their winnings off the table because the market will go down someday, and it won't send you a signal before it does saying, oh, Connie, before I go down, please go ahead and sell off some of your securities and put that money in bonds. Well, I have bonds in an IRA from years ago, and... And it's like ninety thousand dollars in in Vanguard total bond market, mm-hmm. and somehow that Good seems fun. like every month it loses money. But yeah, not okay. the no, kind of the, money the stock yeah, market yeah, thank loses. You. Yeah. Thank you. Actually, yes, because we could. I'll bet you without looking at it that it's down two point three, two point four percent this year. Versus, as you already know, Connie, as a investor. Stocks in even in the month of October could lose twenty or thirty percent of their money in one month. So we should never compare losses in fixed income to losses in stocks. Here's the way I here's my take on the whole situation. How much money, what how much money are you trying to make? Number one, how much money are you willing to lose? How much volatility are you willing to accept? And how soon until you need to pull any of that money? Then you have a plan that says, I'm okay with it. So and by the way, Don looked it up, it's lost. Wow, it's only down 1.27%. I thought it would be down over two. Not equivalent to what could happen with stocks, even not equivalent to last Monday, what happened to stocks. So I would say rebalance. I would say then have a disciplined approach to rebalancing regularly because then it eliminates the fact that I feel like these stocks are going to keep going up. And, Connie, this is the reason why I I have been saying that there are a lot of people who do need fiduciary help. you just got to get it. Um. But you've got to st- you you have to stick with your plan. That's the discipline of the approach. You can't play this game because you won't know when to get out, and someday you'll regret having stayed that heavily in stocks. Tom and Don are talking real money. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. People need help sometimes. You really it is so hard to maintain 
an investment discipline. It's really hard to do because we're always second-guessing ourselves, which is one of the reasons why we think you need, many of you will need an investment advisor. And if you want to find one who's actually a fiduciary, well, you can meet with some of our advisors for free for nothing. They're going to help you for nothing without any obligation. But if you really need a fee-only fiduciary advisor, Tom and I just happened to have started a firm about 12 years ago called Vestory. Check us out at Vestory.com. Fair fees, low fees, the kind of portfolios we talk about here on the show, and the discipline is part of it. Go to Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now? 